Would George Washington hate President's Day? One dopey historian thinks so, which is why I've got to talk about it on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. If you want to support the show financially, go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll free of charge. Get a free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll. And I've got over 20 classes there that you can purchase. If you like the podcast, you're going to love the classes and the content of McClanahan Academy. And I have a new class, Reading Thomas Jefferson, which is a great course, 15 documents that you need to know about Thomas Jefferson. And... You can get it for a discount right now if you're on my email list. So make sure you go to brianmcclanahan.com. Get on the email list. Give me that email address. Get the free ebook, free audiobook. You're on the email list. You get the coupons. And so you can get these classes at a discount when they come out because that is the lowest price you will ever see those classes on launch day. So go on out there to McClanahan Academy. Enroll there. Also go to brianmcclanahan.com. Get on the email list. And that way you can get great deals and you can support this show. This podcast is free of charge, four days a week. No skin in the game for you. But if you want to support it painlessly, you can rate, review, and subscribe to it. You can share it around on social media. You can comment for the algorithm. If you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a text review wherever you can, like Apple Podcasts. Those are great ways to support the show painlessly, really. But that financial support is key for keeping this podcast free of charge. So head over to McClanahan Academy. It's a win-win. You get great content and you get this free content as well. All right. Well, let's talk about the topic. And um, I saw this piece. It was published on February 17th. I saw this piece last week and had to talk about it because it is a nice example of where the historical profession is um, going in modern American society. And uh, if you don't follow... This person on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, and not everybody's on Twitter, but if you're on Twitter, follow Jefferson Davis. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I mean, somebody who's uh, got the persona of Jefferson Davis. But he pointed out something very interesting about this piece, and um, it's that you know nowadays historians think that, of course, you know George Washington would hate his own birthday. Robert E. Lee would hate his own statues. I mean, these are the kind of things that we get to. Uh, in this modern historical discourse, these people would hate themselves because they would be modern people and they would hate themselves. They would, they would look on their past selves with tremendous regret. I don't think that's the case. And in this particular case, you have a piece that says, you know, George Washington would hate President's Day. Now, let me explain who the author is. Her name is Alexis Coe. And according to her Wikipedia page, she is the leading presidential historian in the United States. Now, She's written one book, one book on George Washington, which is a bad book on George Washington. It's, it's about an eighth grade uh, understanding of Washington and the American presidency. But because she's appeared on all kinds of left-wing uh, news outlets, because this book was fairly popular, the title is Juvenile, the book is Juvenile, but because she's appeared on you know, television shows and has a podcast. She is the leading, one of the leading presidential historians in America. Um, I, I can't find what her advanced degrees are in. I know she has at least a master's degree because she 
was in graduate school at one point while she was uh, working, uh, I think, at the New York Library or something like the University of New York, something around there. I, I, New York University. I don't know, but I don't think she has a doctorate, and that's okay. It doesn't matter. Um, but so she does have advanced, at least an advanced degree, maybe a master's degree in history. Um, so when I pointed out, you know, she she uh, she tweeted about this piece, the, the New York Times. It's in the New York Times. Uh, published it on February 17th. And of course, she was all over the New York Times publishes this. And she called uh, the modern holiday, uh, she said there's depthlessness in the modern holiday. And this piece is, uh, is a nice indication of depthlessness. I mean, the piece is awful. And I'll get into it, but it's these people have no self-awareness, how bad they really are, how stupid their stuff really is. But because she's on television, she thinks she's great. And it's, it's um, the hubris in all this is just tremendous. Uh, but regardless, would George Washington be hated President's Day? Now, I don't think President's Day is a good holiday. There's another piece about President's Day I thought about focusing on too. But President's Day is a stupid holiday. George Washington would have not have hated celebrating his own birthday. We know that because as early as the 1770s, you had Washington birthday celebrations all over the place in in what in the United States, all over the place. And these birthday, they were called uh, you know birthday balls. These were held all the way up until 1799 uh, or 1798. Um, and so it's amazing that you know, 1799. It's amazing that people don't realize that George Washington actually attended these things. So if Washington would have hated his celebration of his own birthday. That would have been news to George Washington. And it wasn't just George Washington holding these birthday balls at his home in Mount Vernon. These were, again, were held all over the United States. People celebrated George Washington's birthday, particularly if they were Federalists. And this goes back to an old tradition, of course, in England and then Great Britain and celebrating the, the life of the king. And so it was rather monarchical. And I would say that there were some Americans, if you, if you put the headline... Thomas Jefferson would have hated President's Day. Well, then I think that would have been much more accurate. If you had said Thomas Jefferson would have had some dislike for celebrating presidents, I think that that would have been much more accurate. But not George Washington, you see. Not George Washington. In fact, her piece is all over the place. She doesn't really ever get to the point. She thinks that George Washington would have hated this, but then she doesn't really explain why. Um, she uses his farewell address. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a joke of a piece. But this is what passes for highbrow intellectual discourse today in the New York Times. It's sad, really. And it's, it's uh, again, a nice indication of how bad the historical profession has gotten. Jefferson and the Republicans preferred to celebrate July 4th, Independence Day, uh, not a day in honor of a man like George Washington. Now, today, I think celebrating Washington's birthday is not a bad idea at all. George Washington is the, you know, the indispensable man, the, the most important man in American history, and recognizing that fact is an important part of our history and, of course, our traditions in America. And Washington was also the quintessential Southern gentleman in many ways. I mean, there's there's... Little doubt that America does not exist without George Washington. So I think celebrating his birthday is not a bad idea. I've never been a fan of President's Day because you lump in Washington with all these other third-rate presidents like Abraham Lincoln. Uh, when you put 
Washington together with Lincoln, you really downgrade the office. Uh, and this is why, again, I wrote Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America. Now, uh, in that book, there's actually 13, but I could, have gone, I could have done many, many more. I have a great class at McClanahan Academy on this. It's the American President's class. You can find out how I rank the presidents there, or at least how I discuss them there. And, and the objective should always be when you're evaluating a presidency, how do they uphold their oath, their oath of office? And for most of them, they did a pretty awful job. Uh, and the, the, uh, the picture at the New York Times is, of course, of Mount Rushmore, where you have Lincoln and Washington and T.R. and Thomas Jefferson. And uh, the only, I mean, look, Washington and Jefferson are pretty good. I mean, look, Washington, uh, with the exception of the Whiskey Rebellion, which I do rake him over the coals for in Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America, and his signature on the bill that chartered the Bank of the United States, outside of those two things, I thought Washington did a pretty good job as president. I mean, uh, Jefferson is one of the four who tried to save America. And um, again, his second term was rather bad, but his first term was really good. And, uh, you know, Jefferson's first term sets the stage for what's going to be the next nearly 60 years of American history. Not George Washington, but Thomas Jefferson. Now, Lincoln and Roosevelt, awful in terms of upholding the oath of office and, and adhering to the oath of office. Both were terrible. Uh, when you, their, their job is to defend, of course, the Constitution of the United States, and neither did a very good job of that. In fact, both shredded it on a regular basis. So if we're going to measure and rank presidents, this is how we should do it. Now, I'm going to read this piece and try not to laugh as I go through it because I had a several uh, you know, nice laugh-out-loud moments on this particular piece. So again, this is Alexis Coe, and she says, I have a confession to make. I'm a presidential historian who dislikes President's Day. Wow. I mean... Since you're a presidential historian, you dislike President's Day. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. President's Day is a bad holiday. We should celebrate George Washington's birthday. But then she doubles down. She says, actually, it's worse than that. I'm a George Washington biographer. That should be in quotations because I don't really consider her book to be that good. Who dislikes what is also known as George Washington's birthday. She dislikes it. And so what's amazing about that is that she says that she dislikes George Washington's birthday. The title of the piece is George Washington would, have, would dislike President's Day. And by default, you would assume that she means George Washington would dislike his own birthday, but she doesn't really ever explain that how George Washington would dislike this stuff, but she dislikes it. So her title should actually be, I don't like President's Day. Well, that wouldn't have been very headline-grabbing. You know, I mean, that people wouldn't have tuned into that. Who cares what Alexis Coe thinks about presidents say? Probably only Alexis Coe. But for most other people, they could care less what Alexis Coe says about presidents Day. She says, the third Monday in February is a dud of a holiday, in no small part because of unnecessary confusion around it. Federal law is clear. The day belongs to Washington. But it's not a clean win. Washington was born on the 22nd, not the 20th, when the holiday is being observed this year. No president was born on the 20th. So what? I mean, so what? We do this, I mean, all right, we'll, we'll just take a holiday that an, about another individual that lefties love to celebrate, and of course that's Martin Luther King Day. It's not always on his birthday. There's always going to be a Monday that's a Martin Luther King Day. 
So, I mean, you know, so what? Uh, it, 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 it's, um, <laughs> this is something they do, right? Uh, for, for a holiday celebrating a person. Uh, this is a really bad argument. Uh, so the day does belong to Washington. There's actually no official President's Day. This was something that uh, essentially Richard Nixon came up with. But regardless, I, I do think that lumping all these people together in one day, again, you're celebrating Abraham Lincoln, which is bad. You're celebrating TR and FDR and Woodrow Wilson and all these really bad presidents. We should just celebrate George Washington's birthday. So then she says, several states, among them Delaware, Florida, Louisiana, and Wisconsin, don't recognize the day at all. Americans who dare to judge them should first consider. How do you observe President's Day? Most of us accept a day off from work or are forced to do so by our national child care crisis. You see, this is where she's coming from. She's a lefty. Right, she's got to put a dig in, a child care crisis, because we don't have paid child care in America. We don't have head start for everybody. We don't have you know paid daycare for everybody to go to work. So people have to stay home with their kids because they can't go to school. You see, the structural nonsense in all this is there from the beginning. She is a leftist, writing as a leftist, and complaining about things that only leftists would complain about. While the rest of us phone it in with little to no imagination or guidance. I mean, so we should have some type of celebration here. There should be parades or something else. Well, sure. I mean, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should have a parade in honor of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. That would be great. I would love that. Now, she doesn't even like putting those two people together because she thinks that, you know, these were frenemies, she calls them. They're frenemies. <laughs> Again, the language. She's an eighth grader masquerading as a woman. Our ambivalence about President's Day says something essential about whether we think of the office as a symbol of democracy. Well, it never was intended to be a symbol of democracy. I love it when uh, uh, Kevin Gutzman asked me what article I was talking about. I, I, I hinted I was going to talk about this this week, last week. And I posted it, and his immediate response was, democracy? I mean, the entire Constitution was against democracy. This is exactly right. The presidency wasn't supposed to be a symbol of democracy in any way, shape, or form. It was not even democratically elected. In fact, the popular vote didn't even count. It didn't even matter. You elected electors. It was completely anti-democratic. It wasn't supposed to be a symbol of democracy, but this is, the, again, this is a George Washington historian who's making these kind of stupid statements. It shows you how bad her book really is. No real understanding of American history. No really under, real understanding of uh, the Constitution. She doesn't understand any of it. It's, I mean, again, it's embarrassing, really. It's not sad, it's embarrassing, because she is a leading American historian in presidential history. She says, Americans no longer uniformly associate President's Day with Washington, as evidenced by the haphazard observance among the states. Georgia and Mississippi celebrate Washington's birthday, while Virginia, Washington's home state, celebrates George Washington Day, bypassing the issue of his birth date. But other states don't seem quite as confident that he can carry the day on his own, removing the name of our first president. Washington, who founded the Union sometimes shares the day with Abraham Lincoln, who saved it. Washington founded the Union. Hmm. That's a really interesting statement. He founded the Union. Now, look, 
I can make a case, again, Washington is the indispensable man, and he is the glue that perhaps held the Union together, but founded the Union? Did he write the Constitution? Did he write the Articles of Confederation? Did he ratify these documents? <laughs> Did he do any of that? I mean, Washington presided over the Philadelphia Convention, and his voice was important in ratification in Virginia, and perhaps maybe in some other states people would say, well, if Washington agrees with it, I'm going to support it as well. I mean, there's certainly some of that cult of personality around it, but um, did he found America, found the Union? Of course not. It's a stupid, again, idiotic, ahistorical statement, which is what this entire piece is. It's depthlessness describes this piece. And of course, Lincoln didn't save any Union. He created a national government and shredded the Constitution. He refounded the United States. Lincoln and the Republican Party did in the 1860s. He didn't save any union. Semantics matter. The way you phrase things matters. And this woman doesn't know how to do it. Again, platitudes and slogans and hyperbole. It's all this is. Perhaps it's not surprising that the states that seceded from the union upon Lincoln's election have left him off the President's Day marquee. Well, good. Because nobody should be celebrating at Abraham Lincoln. Not one state. I've talked about Lincoln a lot this week. Not one state should celebrate Abraham Lincoln at all. I talked about Lincoln last week. I don't, I mean, I don't want to make this show all about Abraham Lincoln, but when you have somebody that so singularly destroyed America and is the pivot, the turning point in American history, you, sometimes you have to talk about him quite a bit. Alabama officially celebrates George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. This is somewhat amusing pairing amusing this is a somewhat amusing pairing I'm sorry to a Washington scholar I wouldn't call her a scholar to a Washington uh, you know pop culture book writer the frenemies bitterly divided by factionalism were estranged when Washington died bitterly divided by factionalism hey, look uh, this is partly true uh, she brings up Washington's farewell address and uh, Washington had wanted, uh, had courted Patrick Henry uh, because uh, he had flipped to the Federalists, the faction, the Federalist faction, and against Washington, uh, I'm sorry, against Jefferson and Madison. And, uh, you know, Washington thought that the Federalists, this faction, were more important than, than the Republicans. But, um, yeah, I mean, so what? Uh, Jefferson also thought Washington listened to Hamilton too much, which was the real issue. In Arkansas, Washington is joined by Daisy Gaston Bates, a civil rights activist. South Carolina plays both sides with George Washington's birthday, President's Day. But that doesn't mean every president is getting any play. Martin Van Buren, for one, goes uncelebrated. Again, I think Van Buren's actually not a bad president. But um, to, uh, I mean... It, well, we don't celebrate Martin Van Buren. I mean, maybe in New York they could celebrate Martin Van Buren. I don't know. Maybe they should do that. Uh, but, I mean, again, this is something that I always do. We, we celebrate William Henry Harrison. I think we should celebrate John Tyler. Should we do that? Certainly. I mean, that's somebody we should celebrate. Franklin Pierce would be a good one to celebrate. Thomas Jefferson always. James Madison. James Monroe would be a great one to celebrate. So, I mean, you can have presidents say and think about these presidents you would celebrate. I mean, somebody on the left might celebrate, I don't know, FDR or Barack Obama or, uh, you know, Joe Biden. Who knows? 
National indifference is a symptom of the problem. The presidency, central to the success of our infant nation, is besieged. You see, this is the problem. Nobody celebrates President's Day because nobody really appreciates the, 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 the centrality of the presidency to America. We don't celebrate the monarchy. See, this is, again, this, this piece is all over the place. We shouldn't celebrate President's Day, but President's Day, but then we should celebrate President's Day because it's a symbol of monarchy and the American monarchy, and this is what we should be doing. But then we don't celebrate the centrality of the presidency, but we should celebrate the centrality of the presidency. Which one is it? Should we celebrate the presidency or not? The presidency is besieged. It makes it sound like you wouldn't you're not really in favor of the presidency, but now it seems like you are in favor of the presidency. Would you be in favor of the presidency if Donald Trump was in office? Or if George W. Bush? I mean, of course, neither one of those people are really conservative. But for Alexis Coe, who see things so in such a surface, cursory way, would, mean, would, this, would this be someone that you wouldn't celebrate then? Only if Joe Biden's in office? Or maybe Barack Obama? Or somebody that you like? Washington understood, as he wrote in his 1796 farewell address, that political parties may now and then answer popular ends. But that's different from the GOP in 2023. See, the GOP is the problem. Now, I agree, the GOP is a stupid party. But notice what she's doing here. She just picks out the one side. The Democrats aren't really a problem. The Democrats aren't really partisan at all. They're not a partisan faction. They're not really a faction at all. They're just doing what the people want. The GOP, though, the GOP is the real problem. She said, that's different from the GOP in 2023, which has many Republicans who make the big lie a cornerstone of their campaigns. And of course, by the big lie, she's saying the stolen election. Now, again, uh, some self-awareness. Did not Democrats do this for four years? From 2017 to 2021, essentially, or I should say 2016 to 2020, did not do the exact same thing? Of course they did. Did they not do it between 2000 and 2008? Of course they did. They did the exact same thing. She ignores her own team's complicity in all of this because that doesn't fit her narrative. Those kinds of parties, like the GOP, but not the Democrats, just the GOP, Washington worried were potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men would be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. That sounds more like the Democrats than anything else. Cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men, like, I don't know, Joe Biden, Schiff. I mean, these people, doesn't that sound just like them? She says, I held Washington's address like a talesman on January 6, 2021. Oh, clutching it, clutching it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is so scary. The infamous day a sitting president incited an insurrection with the explicit goal of overturning a legitimate presidential election. But, of course, that's not really what happened. As anybody that has honest about this would say, this, that's not what happened. But the big lie is that. You want to talk about the big lie, that's it. Again, she can't see outside of her own stupidity, her own little mind of mush there, her own little her own little echo chamber that there are people that don't believe this 
and think that she's full of it, because she is. I imagine a time when the chief executive held the sacredness of the office above his own electoral fortunes. So again, what is it? Is the presidency, should we downgrade the presidency? Should we elevate the presidency? What do we do here? It doesn't really make any of this clear. The peace is just all over the place. I mean, I would say we should downgrade the presidency. Donald Trump did a great job of doing that because people have decided that it's all corrupt, and it is. Joe Biden is doing a fantastic job of this, too. The absurdity of it all should be on full display all the time because it is. It's absurd. We don't need somebody that's going to rescue the presidency and bring it back to the fore and make it this American monarchy. We don't need any of that. In fact, we need somebody who's going to keep destroying it. This is why Trump, I think, would be the best option moving forward. Donald Trump may be little more than a Florida man at the moment. Again, the the attack there is that you've got all these people in Florida that are stupid. They do stupid things. Listen to this. I mean, the vitriol she has for people on the right, supposedly on the right, it's just dripping off this piece. But cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men like Josh Hawley, the Missouri Republican who was captured on video uh, sprinting from the very pro-Trump mob that mere hours earlier he had saluted in solidarity, remain in office today. They do his bidding there, often imitating his style. What does that have to do with the presidency? I mean, so she pivots to Josh Hawley. And I mean, she's saying that Washington made this comment, comment about the farewell address about political parties and this piece is about President's Day, but now it morphs into a piece about Republicans in the January 6th election. These people are, are insane. They really are. They don't even know what they're doing. They have, they have, when, when people mention Trump derangement syndrome, I mean, they, this is a real thing. They can't get over themselves. And imagine she's clutching, clutching her tailsmen, right? Ha 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 ha. Scared. Uh, and so uh, I found this to be just fascinating in so many ways. These people have a mental illness. Earlier this month, as Republicans booed, heckled, and disrespected President Biden during this State of the Union address. Again, do we have a monarchy or not? Do you want a monarchy or do you want democracy? Because in Great Britain, they can boo, heckle, and do whatever they want to the prime minister. Now, if you're saying the president is not a prime minister, okay, I could agree with you on that. But what do you want here? I mean, all, again, a very, a very disjointed essay. You're not really clear of what she wants in this essay. Do you want the president to be elevated to a position of authority, or do you not want that? Do you want the president to be celebrated, or do you not want that? I took little solace from those around them who remained silent. So, all those Democrats who didn't do anything, of course, they did. They've booed and heckled and done other things when Donald Trump was in office. Heck, Nancy Pelosi ripped up his State of the Union address. She's not complaining about that. That's a break with decorum to have the Speaker of the House stand up in an orchestrated way and then rip it up on camera because she knew it would be captured. Is that not disrespecting the president? Of course it is. 
But that, it's only Republicans. And she held little solace for those who stayed quiet. Why? Because these evil right-wingers might beat them up. You know why we know this? Because in 1856, Representative Preston Brooks brutally caned Senator Charles Sumner over slavery in that very building. That's not why he did it. He didn't brutally cane Charles Sumner over slavery. He brutally caned Charles Sumner because Charles Sumner was a pompous jerk who stood up and mocked his uncle. His uncle had a heart condition who had a speech impediment because of it. Charles Sumner started speaking like Blair. And, uh, and of course, that's why Preston Brooks found out about this. And he went and beat the guy up. Not because of what he because of slavery, but because he insulted his family. But in 2023, anyone who stands between Mr. Trump and the presidency is in danger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, see, these Republicans just really want to physically harm all these people. I mean, you saw it on full display when C-SPAN was in during the vote for McCarthy. All these Republicans... We're having these vicious knockdown drag out brawls with Democrats. Like when Matt Gates and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez were seen chatting very amicably and talking in a in a very collegial way on the floor of the house. Just like that. Or when you see Speaker McCarthy and a shake hands with Joe Biden and of course uh, Kamala Harris, these people just want to just beat each other up at all times. Right. These people live in a fantasy world. People like Alexis Coe live in a fantasy world. After the Capitol riot, according to a Gallup poll, the average party gap in confidence in the presidency was 34 points between 1993 and 2004, but has since averaged 50 points. It's hard not to observe to what degree the office of the presidency has declined. Again, what does she want? Does she want to celebrate President's Day or not? She says she hates it, but now it's sounding like she really wants to celebrate President's Day. And she hasn't mentioned why George Washington would hate President's Day yet. I mean, she hasn't even gotten to that. So if you believe that Washington would have wanted to save the presidency, why would he dislike President's Day? This doesn't make any sense. The piece is just completely stupid. If we heed George Washington's warnings, the diminishing of the presidency will only get worse. A fire not to be quenched, it demands a uniform vigilance to prevent its bursting into a flame. Lest, instead of warning, warming it should consume, Washington wrote. And indeed, Donald Trump follows a well-used playbook on how to destroy a democracy. <laughs> so the title of this should have, been, should have been Donald Trump's Destroying the Democracy. Or Donald Trump would have hated President's Day. Or Donald Trump is the reason why we shouldn't celebrate President's Day. I mean, that should really be the title. Not George Washington would hate President's Day. Because she doesn't really get into that. I mean, she doesn't mention it at all. Illiberal leaders attack elections as unjust and despite lacking evidence managed to rewrite the rules, install political cronies as watchdogs and judges, and appeal to the electorate with racism. This, is, this passes for scholarship at the New York Times. It does. I mean, that shows you where the New York Times is. And then a more formal and permanent despotism, Washington warned, who would represent a minority. 
He spoke from experience. Washington played dutiful colonists for decades, only to seize an unlikely victory for democracy in a world of strongmen, dictators, and kings. A victory for democracy. You mean the anti-democratic constitution that he was in favor of? By the way, his faction didn't like democracy at all. I mean, his main advisor, Alexander Hamilton, really didn't care for democracy in any way. He thought it was bad. Hamilton wanted a king. Hamilton wanted an elected king. But yet, somehow Washington's fighting for democracy. These, you, wonder, you wonder how these people even claim to be scholars when they say stuff like this. National indifference to President's Day should be, at this critical moment, embraced as a rare opportunity to return to a founding ideal we should all be able to get behind. Democracy. <laughs> what does that even mean? So our indifference to President's Day should mean that we all get behind democracy. Uh, again, I'm not clear that that's the founding ideal. Democracy. Now, republicanism, democracy, no. In fact, again, it was made clear during the Philadelphia Convention that they were actually working against democracy. They thought there was too much democracy. The Constitution is really anti-democratic when you look at the Senate, when you look at the presidency, when you look at the federal court system. It's very much anti-democratic. The only thing that's democratic to a point is the House. And even there, the states got to decide who could vote and who couldn't vote. And so these states weren't very democratic. So how democratic were things when it came to that? I mean, the, the, the founding generation thought that in Philadelphia in particular that uh, the states were way too democratic in some areas. But, I mean, is democracy really a founding idea? Of course not. Of course not, but this is what these people have to fall back on because they have nothing else, and they don't really know anything, so it's clear from this essay. America is a precarious experiment that rests on the fulcrum of agreement. If elected officials and civil servants refuse to play by the same rules, voting access and democratic procedures will be eroded. Again, I thought this piece was about President's Day. <laughs> well, what is it really about? George Washington would have had a president say, and now we're getting into democracy and the erosion of democracy in America. It doesn't mean anything. This piece is it's all over the place. It's the most ridiculous thing I've read in a long time. Voters still have faith in our leaders, or at least they keep voting in elections. Well, because we're told that's what you're supposed to do. Now I can make a case that maybe you shouldn't even do that anymore, and unless you're going to vote in a state and local election. Think locally, act locally. You shouldn't even vote for these fools in D.C. because it's, it does nothing. It changes nothing. You should be really focusing on the state and local, and that's about it. But the time has come to remind them of their place. The president, senators, and representatives, after all, serve at the American electorate's pleasure and not the other way around. Okay, that's great. That's true. Uh, they do. Uh, but what does this have to do with George Washington hating President's Day? <laughs> See, you, you, this piece is not even about that. President's Day has the potential to issue a year reminder about that about this if it undergoes a substantial shift in focus. So she hates President's Day, but now we should really celebrate President's Day. Look, think about the opening. I'm a presidential story and I hate President's Day. But we should celebrate President's Day. Maybe she's saying she hates President's Day because we don't do enough for President's Day or we don't do enough for George Washington's birthday, but because... We have President's Day. We should celebrate President's Day. But George Washington would hate President's Day. I, I'm, not, I'm not clear about what she's arguing here. This is a really stupid piece. It cannot be about one president. 
who will who will be just fine no matter what. Washington can't be canceled. Oh, of course he can. You're fool. The fools that you're celebrating here would love to cancel George Washington. They'd love to get rid of George Washington. Heck, uh, George Washington University doesn't really like being George Washington University. They'd love to get rid of George Washington. He's being canceled already. You can cancel George Washington. Trust me, it can happen. It's like you can cancel Abraham Lincoln. You can cancel any of these people. They can all be canceled. If you erase Washington, you erase America, she says. I mean, I agree with her there. I mean, you shouldn't be able to cancel George Washington, but you can. And the leftist dopes like you are fueling the fire by all this other stuff you were talking about here. But a national figurehead? We will never agree on one. And without agreement, there is no meaning. Wow, how deep. A national figurehead. We can't agree on one. Without agreement, there is no meaning. Deep thoughts with Alexis Coe. And uh, what does that even mean? There is no meaning if there's no agreement. Well, that's not true. I mean, uh, there is meaning, even if you don't agree on it. You can say these people like this person, these people like, who cares? In other words, I'm asking Washington to do what he did best, give up power. Huh? I don't even know what that last sentence means. She's asking Washington to give up power. To do what she, how, how could Washington, who's been dead since 1799, give up power? I, this piece is so bad that um, it shouldn't even be published. But this, again, passes for great editorial writing at the New York Times. It's really awful, which is why I wanted to cover it. And hopefully, um, you can have fun with Alexis Coe on. Now, she'll block you, of course. If you say anything to her when I, when I posted that, it's immediately blocked because she doesn't want to handle any dissent. But regardless, um, hopefully you'll have some fun with this too. I'll see you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.